So good to be here, church. And I can't remember the last time I was here, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, but spent many years here. Back row bandits over there. Pro- my initials are probably carved into the pews. Don't do that. I didn't. Sorry. Cut that out of the recording. Um, but I uh, just want to honor you, mum and dad, uh, two phenomenal pastors. And it would have been cool to be here for your 20 years, but I'm here now a couple weeks afterwards. Um, but just want to honor you guys. And I don't know if you'll ever know the eternal impact that you guys have made over 20 years. One day you will when you're in heaven. But I know the way that you raised us to love the Lord and seek Him first. You've done for every person that's come on this church. And uh, you've released many people that are still in ministry, many people who are raising their families in the Lord. And so just want to honor you guys. You have done an amazing job. 20 years. The last two years have felt like 20 years, let alone 20 years. Um, so thank you for what you're doing in this great city and this great nation. But church, can you honor your pastors this morning? Pastor Tom and Suzanne, Pastor Mum and Dad, they did not make me call them pastor in the house growing up, and, uh, but it's good. Have you got your Bibles this morning? We're going to turn to the book of Mark, and the scriptures will be up as well because my father was so kind to make some scripture slides for me. But the title of the message this morning is called The Waking of Jesus, The Waking of Jesus. And we're going to be preaching from Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and I'm reading from the NLT, Uh, today. But this is a story of the disciples on the boat during the storm. And so we're going to read from verse 35. Uh, Read along with me and then we'll get into it. Uh, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats tried to follow. But soon a fair storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, and the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that it is your word. And Lord, we just lean on that this morning. We thank you that it would go out onto good soil today, that you know each and every one of us, where we're at in our journey in faith with you. Whether we're here today and we haven't even known you that long, or whether we've been in ministry and church for years and years, Father, we thank you that today you can draw us just another step closer to you, God. Lord, we thank you that you would give us each a word this morning, that we would have our own revelation. Lord, will we have open hearts, open ears today? Will we focus in on your word? And as we leave this place this morning, may we all be one step closer to you. And everybody who believed that said, amen, amen, amen. I love this passage. This is is the only recorded moment in the Bible that we see Jesus actually asleep. There's many times where Jesus tried to go and rest, And as he tried to rest, another moment of ministry popped up and needed him. We see this moment and this journey, Jesus is only with his disciples. He's literally going from a moment of ministry into another moment of ministry. And we find him right now in this rest point where he's leaving a moment of ministry. They're in the boat going to another region that will require him to minister. And so he has this moment to himself. The disciples have this moment to themselves. Boats were still trying to follow them. 
Jesus had been touring, touring cities, towns, regions, preaching, healing. And then he said to his disciples, let's go cross to the other side. There were more people that needed him, more regions that needed him. And this is when he chose to take a nap and the storm arose. Well, first, we just need to understand what kind of storm this was. And the, the, the scripture declares it was a fair storm, high waves breaking into the boat. We need to remember half the disciples were professional fishermen. Like they've seen wind and waves before. They've seen storms before. But scriptures say they were absolutely terrified of this specific storm. So this must have been a pretty big storm, really threatening death. I mean, they thought they were going to drown. And then Jesus awoke at this moment and his power was shown. Do you know Mark is the only gospel that actually records the words that he actually said? Silence, be still. Three words, but from the voice of Christ. How could he sleep? How could he get up and just use three words? Because we serve a God that not only does not fear what comes against us, but has the power and authority to silence it. The waking of Jesus was a catalyst for his power and his glory to be shown. Silence, be still. Silence, be still. Why are these words so important? By rule, after a storm's been, waves still carry on. They continue to heave and swell for hours. High winds bring high waves that carry with them momentum, energy. So a storm could be and slightly pass, but effects of the storm can still carry on. I think we've probably all experienced that in our life, maybe physically or spiritually as well, emotionally. You can have a moment where a storm is in your life, and that may have gone now, but the effects of that storm we still live with. Moment of trauma. We could have a traumatic experience in life, and that could be over right now, but we still live with effects of that trauma. Or a physical injury. You know, all the glory days playing rugby, and we do the knee, and we just try to get back to the glory days, but we can't because we're dealing with a knee injury. We can have a storm in our life, and the effects can still be happening after it. Anxiety. But why I love this passage so much is we see that they were going from one place to another. In the middle of seasons, in between chapters, a storm came right after a great moment of ministry, a great moment of healing, a great moment of just praise for God, and he was about to head into another moment where he was about to see another region set free, and then the storm came right after a moment of great ministry and right before another great moment of ministry. It tried to rock the boat, tried to put fear in the lives of the disciples, tried to cause trauma, doubt, and stop them getting to their purpose and future that Jesus had for them. You don't rebuke wind. You don't rebuke waves. You rebuke spirits at work. Jesus was rebuking the very thing that they created. He created wind, he created waves, and now he's rebuking it. Something was trying to come against Jesus and the disciples. The very region that they were about to just land into were spirits at work trying to block the work of the ministry. And Jesus had to go there and cast out those spirits. Something was at work trying to stop the disciples from getting to the very destination that needed them the most. But just then, through an awakening of Jesus, we see the Lord of all not only silence the storm, but discontinue the battling after effects that that storm caused. Silence, speaking to the storm. Be still, speaking to the effects of that storm. I just wanna tell you today, church, that no matter what storm you've gone through, maybe a storm that you're going through, God not only can say to that storm, be silent, 
but he can also tell any effect that you are living with, any past trauma that you're living with, any anxiety that you're living with, that can go as well. You do not need to live with that because you serve a great and wonderful God, amen? Do you believe that this morning? Business owners, times might be tough right now. Forecasts might not look much better in effect of a storm. Silence, be still. Anxiety, silence, be still. Fear, be still. Church, you do not have to live with the effects of a storm because you serve a God that can bring a great calm to whatever effect has come from any storm in your life. The waking of Jesus within us is a catalyst to, be, to see his power at work around us. So how can we see Jesus work in our lives, in our, in our business, in our studies, in our relationships, marriage, parenting? We can all agree that Jesus brought great calm and steadied the ship, but what caused Jesus to wake up? The voice of his believers, to him personally. I'm gonna give you a couple points today. Number one, run to Jesus and his word. Run to Jesus and his word. They come in, the disciples come in, teacher or rabbi, master. There is a beautiful picture here of Jesus being in the stern of the boat. He has, he has gone to take a nap. I mean, he has a cushion in the storm. Jesus is not phased at all. He is in the stern of the boat, and we see this picture here where Jesus, he's, he's in the small covering, potentially closed at the back. The, the boats uh, on, the, on the lakes of Galilee were, you know, these big, long kind of wooden things with, with a covering at the back, and this is where we think Jesus was. He was in the stern, in the covering. And there is this, this perfect picture of Jesus sleeping in the safest place possible on the boat. When you're in the middle of a storm out and sea, the best place to do is get low and get covered. Jesus was low and covered, and the disciples had to literally go to the safest place in the middle of the storm to see the storm go. The storm was happening on the outside, the waves hitting the outside, the freaking out of the disciples happening on the outside, the boat filling with water, waves crashing over, and the disciples had to go to the safest place, and that is where Jesus was. And what they ended up saving them, what ended up saving them was the word of God. Church, the safest place to go to in a storm is to Jesus and to his word. To Jesus and to his word. Psalm chapter one, one to three says this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners and joy, join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Meditating on it day and night. The scripture is trying to encourage us. The psalmist say, you just need to get into the word as much as you possibly can. Meditate on it. Don't just read it and tick devotion off for the day. What is it saying? What is Jesus trying to say to you when you read it? What are you, what are you studying there? What are you learning? What are you passing on? Meditate on it. To awaken Jesus within us. But so often when storm hits, human survival instincts set in. Jump ship, quick bucket the water out, bunker inside, chuck the life jacket on and just let's just weather this out, let's hold on and there's a big ride happening right now. We know Jesus is here, but we still live in a survival mode, don't we? Or are we just trying to bucket water out whilst yelling at Jesus, get out here and help us. Jesus, get out here, I'm in the middle of a storm. 
But see, Jesus needs us to go to him, to where he is, the safest place. I don't know how you guys are with boats on water. I myself am not very good, especially when the boat is like just still. If the boat's moving, I'm okay. If the boat's just sitting there in the swell, I'm not okay. It's as easy as that. I remember this one time on school camp, Richmond View School Camp, year seven, year eight. I apologize for this, Mrs. Galloway. We went dolphin watching uh, down in Kaikoura, and we, we, we took, the, we took the, the class in, and there was a few tourists there as well, and they were actually swimming with the dolphins. We were just watching, because who wants to throw 11 and 12-year-olds into the water with the dolphins, right? And uh, anyway, so we're there, and, the, and it was fine. The boat was going out, and it was fine, and, and then the boat stopped, and it was swelly, and then the, you know, people getting their wetsuits on, and they were jumping in and swimming with these dolphins, and then all of us, year seven, eights, just on the outside of the boat, just watching, having a good time. Sun was out. And then a few of us lads just started to get a bit ill, started to feel it a little bit, weren't doing well, and the staff on the boat said, go down into the lower section of the boat in the covering and just, just hang tight there and then let's hope it passes. And then we're like, oh, this doesn't feel good, this doesn't feel good, and then one of the staff came down with like bags of ginger nuts, and they're like, ginger will help the, the sickness go away, the, the motion sickness, and so all of us boys were just chowing down ginger nuts like there was no tomorrow, just like putting them back. And because we were, you know, boys, nobody likes to show signs of weakness, and so we decided to start mocking each other because the first person to spew would be the weakest one, and so we would try and get somebody else to throw up, because then if we throw up afterwards, we weren't the weakest, and so, you know, it was fine. And so I remember this moment, there was uh, my, my friend Hamish, and, and there was uh, Hans Dieter there as well, and they were just standing face to face trying to get each other to throw up. And Hamish was like, you, you're going to throw up, aren't you? You feel sick. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, you're sick. And you know, a few of us were just around watching. And he says, I think you're sick. And Hazir said, no, I'm good. And just threw up all over the face of Hamish. I can still see it now. An effect of the storm I had to live through that day. Where Hamish literally wiped away his eyes of ginger nut spew. Now, I'm someone that you would like to call, maybe not like to, but you would call a sympathy vomiter. <laughs> when I see vomit, hear vomit, I'm so sympathetic, I empathize with you. Let me join you so you're not the only one. And I was like, here it comes. Instead of spewing up on somebody, I ran up the stairs and started throwing up overboard. And it was out the nose, out the mouth. It was like a, anyway, sorry, sorry. I hope you're not eating breakfast online this morning. I hope you're not eating ginger nuts too. <laughs> anyway, and so I, saw, I heard the staff going, get that kid a bucket, get that kid a bucket. I was like, get a bucket out of my face. And, and then it hit me. There's people swimming with the dolphins down here. <laughs> I mean, the dolphins were hard at work and they needed, they needed a feed. We tried to find relief in every possible way except the right way. We tried to eat as much ginger as we could. We tried to mock each other so that we weren't the first one to throw up. What we should have done is just make sure the windows were open, lie down, and just try and, 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 and weather that illness out. But when we come to our relationship with Jesus, I find that we also kind of do this. We're so close to Jesus in times of our life, but we don't quite do what he really needs us to do. We come to church, sing some songs, 
Maybe we listen to a podcast, watch a YouTube message. We say the, the occasional prayer. We believe in God, but we can sometimes miss the intentional moment of him wanting us to dig deeper into him. But actually running into Jesus, running to where he is, increasing our devotion to him, our, our life with him. We, we kind of try and just do the same things that we're doing before, except sometimes when a storm comes, we even perhaps do less. We can be guilty of doing the bare minimum to validate our belief in God or just get through a season. But he actually needs us to dig deeper into him and to his word. When a storm comes, that is a perfect opportunity to come out closer to Jesus, not further away from Jesus. But often we're like, God, I just need you to speak. God, I just, I need a sign. Where are you? My business is going to drown. Get out here and help me. Uh, why did I have to go through that, that trauma? I'm just trying to come to church every Sunday, see if it will fix itself. Sometimes we, we're close to Jesus, but we're just not quite getting the full picture. We're like these disciples on the edge of the boat, just freaking out, running around screaming. But in then one moment, they go to the safest place of the boat. The safest place is where Jesus was. And at the word of Jesus, is when the storm stopped. It's where Jesus is, not where we are. If we want Jesus to come into our situation, we go to him. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will come near to you. St. Augustine says this, when we allow temptations to overcome us, Christ sleeps in us. We forget Christ at such times. Let us then remember him. Let us awake him. He will speak. He will rebuke the tempest in the soul, and there will be a great calm. What an amazing quote. The waking of Jesus within us comes from us going towards him, to where he is, to where his word is, not yelling out, hoping he finds us in the storm, us going towards him. Jesus wants us to go to the safest place, to run to him and to his word. Number two this morning, be in awe of Jesus. So one, run to Jesus and to his word. Number two, be in awe of Jesus. When Jesus came out and said, silence, be still, this is what the disciples said. Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. See, there is a point in our faith journey, church, where we go from believing in God to being absolutely in awe of God. There is a moment in our faith journey where we go from just being a believer in God to actually just being in absolute awe of who he is. The disciples knew Jesus. They had seen him do miraculous healings. They had been with him in his ministry journey. They, they knew who Jesus was, but then at this point, they're absolutely terrified, and they ask themselves, who is this man? Have you had that moment in your faith journey yet? where maybe you've, you've come to church, you've given yourself your, your life to Jesus and you're following him, but have you really had a moment where you're just like, man, Jesus, who, who actually are you? Who are you? I think that should be our question every day, by the way. Every day, we should be understanding just a little bit more of who Jesus is. No longer did they just recognize Jesus as an acting agent of God, sent to earth on behalf of, the disciples now were witnessing natural elements at the will of his voice. At this moment, their relationship and view of Jesus went to a new level. From I believe in him to we are absolutely in awe of him. Those who go to Jesus, to his word, 
who seek him will see the true God. When we start to live in the word of God, when we start to understand who Jesus is more and more, when he becomes alive in our spirit, my friends, that's when our relationship with Jesus gets super exciting. We want to read the Bible more. We want to come to church and we don't care about the person on the left anymore. I'll, I'll raise my hands. I'll sing as loud as I can. I'm always on the worship team in my church, by the way. I'm just on the front row singing towards them. They won't actually let me up on the stage, but I'll say, that's okay, roster me on the front row, guys. Christianity is no longer just a tick on a census form. It's a way of life that brings blessing, favor like nothing else. Jesus is alive in us, and we can actually feel it. We can actually feel him alive in us. Romans 6.10, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We come alive to Christ when we truly understand and take on board the very thing that he did for us. God sent his son in the flesh to die for us and the spirit of his son to dwell in us. It wasn't just an act on the cross thousands of years ago that made a way for us to spend eternity with him. Just an act of salvation. That act as well, when, as dad was saying, when Jesus went to the throne and sent us a helper, that act was so that the, son, the spirit of the son could then dwell within us. John 3 verse five. Born again of the spirit. Born again of the spirit. The waking of Jesus is a catalyst to a life of his power and glory all around us. When a storm comes, we are no longer trying to weather it out. We run to the safest place and let the word of Jesus be sounded out. Silence, be still. It is time to have an awakening of Jesus within us again. Again. You may have been a Christian for 30 years. It can still be more exciting than it is right now. You may be new here. You may be watching online for the first time. It might be, this might all be new to you. My friend, it is exciting. You can have an exciting relationship with Jesus where you feel the spirit of him in you, alive and moving within you. Christianity is not just a sitting in church on a Sunday, hope it fills us for the next six days, come back to church again. That's not Christianity. That's a pew filler. You guys fill these pews very well, by the way. But are you excited to sit there? Are you excited to lean on the Word? Are you excited to worship? Are you excited to pray about the person in your life that doesn't know Him yet? Are you excited that as the band are up here ministering, do you just, do you just declare the blessing of the Lord over them as they minister? Lord, sing through them this morning. The preacher, the MC, do you, when you're in a life group, do you pray for your life group leader before you get there? Oh Lord, I pray that the discussion tonight will be spirit-filled. I pray that somebody will meet Jesus tonight. I pray that healing tonight. Are you excited about your relationship with Jesus? Are you excited that he could move again? Are you excited that Marlborough could see a move of God alive? Yes. My sister's in the third row with me. Are you excited? COVID, you may have been a storm. Trauma, you may have been a storm. Unemployment, you may have been a storm. Spiritual attack, marriage breaker, relationships. These are legitimate storms. But in the words of Jesus, be silenced. Don't think for a minute that anxiety can still torment you. 
Not when you're loving Jesus. Not when you're running to him. It's a legitimate thing to go through. Storms are things that we go through. Businesses, life, relationships, we all go through storms. And there are effects of those storms. But don't just live with it. Don't just live with it. Go on a journey to see that break over your life. Go on a journey believing that Jesus says silence to the storm and brings stillness to the effects of it. In the words of Jesus, be still. I am awake to Jesus. I have run to the safest place. He will silence and calm the very things that are trying to disrupt me. Maybe the band could join me this morning. I remember this one time, uh, I, was, I was very frustrated with life. Very frustrated. Loved God, served on Sundays, part of a small group midweek. Looked like I was doing everything right. But I was in the season where I just felt uh, like there was something in between God and I. Like, not, like he wasn't working for me. You know, like you're just like, I'm doing everything. I'm a good Christian, but I feel like life's not going anywhere. There's frustrating things happening. And I, I just got to this moment where I was just like, I was, you know, I was like an angry Christian. And I just decided I'm just going to go for some rage walks at night. I call them holy rage walks. And they're actually good things to do. God knows your thoughts. Just get it out. Like, you're not hiding anything from him. And so I decided, look, every night I'll just, uh, we lived on New Brighton at the, at, the, at the time, and we were just on the Marine Parade, so it was literally, you know, just a few steps to the beach. And so every night I'd, I'd walk out, and I'd just walk along the beach, and I'd just get all my anger out to God, my holy anger. And I, I figure he's a safe place to have a rant to. And I remember the fourth night, I got out there, so three nights were just me getting angry out on the beach with God. And the fourth night I went out and I was just walking up and down and just said a couple of things and then I just silence and then I just kind of realized maybe it was all out now. And I just said, I remember it so vividly. This was years ago. I said, Lord, I'm a simple man. Can you just give me a simple word that will just help bring me out of this valley that I'm in? And lead me to the very thing that you have for me. And right then, like one of the, one of the few times in my life where I've, I've, I've really felt just an audible voice of God. Right then, the Spirit just put in, my, in me Psalm 37.4. And I knew exactly what it was when I heard that. Take delight in the Lord and He will grant you the desires of your heart. And I realized in that moment, a bit of a conviction, a bit of a rebuke that I had that scripture around the other way. He will grant the desires of my heart and then I'll take delight in the Lord. But God was telling me in that moment, take delight in me. The desires will come. Take delight in where I have you, what you're learning, the testimony that's coming from this, the, the dependency on me and what that will lead to. Take delight in where I have you right now. Because until you learn to take delight in me where you are now, the desires will never come. Because you're unhappy with the life that I've given you. It's a big sucker punch right there. And I repented because it was true. His word that day brought so much calm to my faith. Because that word was alive in me. My faith was alive in him. 
I said goodbye to the storm that caused that whole season. And I said goodbye to any effect of it. Any effect, bitterness, frustration, confusion, anger. Every little effect that kind of came from that storm, I just said goodbye to it in that moment. Church, do not let the storms numb you. Do not let them numb you. My heart breaks so much when, you know, a season of COVID and people don't come back to the church. Season of COVID, if anything, should bring you closer to God. We should allow storms. They're not fun. I'm not trying to say storms are fun, but they can lead to something pretty awesome if we respond the right way. If we respond the right way. Digging deeper into God, knowing that He is the one that can silence that storm and tell any effect of it to be still. Do not let any storm separate you from God. We don't come to church for a man. We can't let any man separate us from our relationship with God. Can't let friends separate us. Can't let relationships separate us. Can't let work struggles, finance. These are just things that we're going to have to walk through in life. The Bible's very clear that we're going to walk through trials. John 16, 33. In this life, you will have trials, tribulations. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Church, run to the safest place, to the one that has literally said, I have already overcome that storm. Run to me. Don't try weather this out. Don't try looking on your own understanding. Don't just try and for six months see if you can get through it yourself. When the storm hits, run to the safest place. Run to Jesus, run to His Word, and be in absolute awe of the God you serve. And I guarantee you, you will come out of every storm a better loving Christian than you were before you went in. You'll be closer to Jesus. You'll be Spirit-filled. You'll feel more alive because you have come through a moment with God. You go through a trial with any person in your life. You come out stronger with that person when there's reconciliation there, when, you, when, you, when you're doing it together. Church, run to Jesus. Spend time with Him. Don't just try and survive it. Cry out to Him in prayer. Read your Bible and meditate on it. Zoom out from your life and just be like, hey, there's Shannon down there. What does he need to do differently right now? spend a bit more time in prayer you probably meditate a little bit more on his word there you probably honor some people there you probably change his thoughts there oh he looks quite bitter zoom in depend on God and see where he's going to take you amen church would you stand with me this morning the best is yet to come The greatest days of your life are yet to come. The greatest days of the church are yet to come. Do you believe that? I've been in this church room before this auditorium and all those slider walls were all open and there were seats out there in the foyer. Hallelujah. That can happen again. That can happen again. Imagine 150, 200 people in this church that just run to Jesus at every point of their life, feel spiritually alive, excited. I mean, I know it is. And the praise and worship today, I just, I could hear it. You guys are pumped up. You're faith-filled. You're alive in Christ. 
this city needs that. This region needs that. There is room in this church for that to overflow onto other people. Let's get excited about our faith again. Amen. Every day we can be excited. The worship team are just going to lead us in this chorus of living hope. And church, this is what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to focus in on any storm that maybe you're going through right now. Maybe the storm has passed, but you're living with some effects. I want you just to worship right now with God. And I want you to say, Lord, you are the one who can silence that storm. Lord, you are the one that can tell any effects to be still. And I want you to worship Him. We don't come to church for ourselves. We come to church to lift His name on high, to worship Him. Do you know every hymn of the New Testament in the early church was only focused on Jesus because it was teaching the early church that we come and we just lift His name up. It wasn't about themselves. It was about our Jesus. And in that, when we draw near to Him, He comes near to us. Amen. Come on, church, why don't you lift your hands if you're comfortable, close your eyes, and just let God do some work in your life. Thank you, team.